0: Good evening everyone. It's good to have you with us and, uh, we got some of this information this afternoon about the, our friends and, and it was, uh, and also family and, uh, certainly was, uh, a kind of a shock, but I look around and see that my age, uh, and I've been retired now for 20 years that, uh, or will be in a day or two uh that uh it just don't seem like it's been that long since i left the plant but it has and i thank the lord for each and every day that that i've been here because my family usually have outlasted most of them for at least 10 years some of them more than that and uh but I still thank the Lord for, uh, every day that I have here and, and hope that I can grow in, in truth and knowledge in His Word. Now today's study is we're still in uh, our first Timothy six. We got about, I don't know where we can finish it tonight and the next night or not in first Timothy, but we're getting close to the end, end of it. I want to go, I want you to go with me to, uh, 1st Timothy 6. Uh, we're going to start at 16, but I'm going to read 14 and 15, but this is study 160 In our study of what we call wisdom, uh, along with, uh, Jack Everly's uh, workman's interlinear and he, he is graciously, uh, Put the uh, the Greek in there, the Koine Greek, but I can't read it, so I have to go back to the English anyway, to a certain point. But it really helps though to to have it there because you can kind of read it in the English the way it it comes through the Greek. But we left off last time with uh, verse 15, but I want to read 14 and 15. Just to catch us back up to speed because it kind of goes together and we're, we're fixing to get into a little, uh, situation where we, uh, talk about, uh, uh, the light of God and, uh, and some of the things that goes, uh, with those verses of scripture. But it says in 14 of first, Timothy 6 it says that thou, thou keep this commandment without spot unrebukable unto the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ it says which in 15 says which in his times he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate the king of kings and lord of lords and uh, if you want to go and look at that a little more there and And, uh, you can go to Revelation 17 and start at 11 and 19 and start at 16 and read a few verses and you will see, uh, what it's talking about is him being, uh, in his times that he shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the king of kings and lord of lords. And we'll start at 16. Because this is our study uh, for this day. It says, and I'm going to read it out of the King James Version. It says, Who only hath immortality, dwelling in the light which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen, nor can see, to whom be honor and power, everlasting Amen. So, this one, the Lord Jesus Christ, when He comes in His time, and He is going to show who is the blessed and the only potentate, uh, that cannot be copied. It, It just can't be copied. But now, We understand by what John saw in Revelations that Satan did try to copy it. And has tried to copy it. And has tried to deal with it because, you know, this is a battle that's been going on for ages and ages. Between the good and the bad. Between the seeds. Actually thousands of years. Yeah. And so, I'm going to read my notes on it and then we're gonna look again like we've been doing is what Jack has given us to see and what he explains to us and then we're gonna look at the we're gonna look at the scripture and it goes with sixteen. Okay. Just ready? it it says Who only, verse sixteen <coughs> it starts with who only hath immortality. And that's The King of Kings and Lord of Lords and it covers, it covers the Godhead. It covers the Father, it covers the Son, and it covers the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit. That is deathlessness personified in three characters there that, uh, and it'll be that way forever. From now on, there's no end to it that we know. Okay, deathliness, and and if you wanna uh, look at that word in the Greek, I'll try to explain it. It's atenasia, atenasia, and this is this is speaking of the Godhead as one, (coughs) anenasia. And uh, it says dwelling in, or inhabiting, and inhabiting there is okio, the light, and light is phos, V-H-O-S, phos. And that's the opposite of darkness, used as an attribute that man cannot copy. And Satan is going to try, or did try, but I don't think you got a very good copy. They, and, and when you look at it over in in Revelations, they call that image. Uh, and uh, it's kind of like, a, and, and the word for that is icon. So I've been learning a few extra words that uh, I've heard before, but I really didn't understand. But an icon is something that you put on your screen, computer screen or something that shows you a like startup. A visual it. representation uh, of something else. Yeah, there's something else. Yeah. It's some whatever you, you know, you might want to use for that. So, uh, uh and... and you know, we can copy a lot of stuff, but there's stuff here that man can't copy. It's kind of like making gold. You know, we can't, we can't just make gold from nothing. we we've tried and tried and tried all down through the year. That just don't work for us. Okay. It says also in this, which no man can approach to talking about this source, this light, that, uh, that they're in, uh, which which no man has seen nor can see. And I put a note in my things here, and I, I put this: Remember, the man pinning this statement in scripture is Paul, and Paul is pinning this thing, and it says. And I put, remember the man penning this statement, having been chosen by God, lived with this problem all his life. Because when he was struck down on the Damascus road, he got his sight back, but he never, ever was right. And he had to write in bold letters because something happened to his vision that didn't accept what we now call normal or standard vision. And so he wrote in large letters when he wrote himself. But he he generally had somebody to write it down for him. So, But now, this was part of the problem that I think that Paul had, that God never took that back away from him again. Because that is a remembrance, if you will, of a special time that they met. And he understood that he had been chosen by God and separated for a cause. And so this was part of the cause here. Okay. It says, To whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. And you can agree or not agree with this because it's it's my fault. And I said this, Our age or this present time cannot abide this majesty that we're talking about here. Now, we could see Christ when He came because He came as man. But when He went back, and he represented himself to the Apostle Paul. you see what the problem was. He got his glory back. And so therefore, it bothered, it bothered Paul in his sight for the rest of his life. But here's the thing. And I made another note there. It says, There's dust from which we are made simply. that has no abilities within itself. God can use it to make man with, but we can't use dust to make man, and we can't use dust to obtain abilities that God has to offer us until a change is made in our life. And so we're waiting for a change. We're waiting for that appearing. That's the reason I went back to 14 and says, you know, for the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because when He appears to us to complete His body, then we'll have a change that we can receive all these things from God without any problem because we won't be made of dust anymore. Amen. And that's another thing that I wanted to get uh, to make quite clear. But let's see what Jack said about it. And uh, I'm going to move the book just a little bit so I can read it a little better. And out of the Koine Greek, Jack has wrote this. And that, this is the way it comes down from the Koine. It says, Who only hath the mortality in light, dwelling unapproachable, who did see no one of men, nor to see is able to whom honor and might. Age. Amen. And then to bring it on down to the more modern English, it says, who only hath immortality dwelling in light unapproachable, whom no man did see, nor is he able to be seen, to whom honor and might. Age. Amen. And Jack's notes were this, Only God is immortal. All three persons of the Trinity are immortal. There has never been an instant in time when this was different. No other pretender can claim this identity. Romans two seven speaks of the believers seeking immortality. Well, may... He seeks what God grants, but only through the grace of God operating through the complete holiness of His nature can His body members receive the life which will never end. He dwells and walks in light. Believers can walk in this light. He is unapproachable yet, Ephesians 3.12. And Hebrews 10.19 refers to an uncommon access to the throne of grace. Jacob claimed to have been seen in Genesis 32.20, yet referred to him as a man. He actually has contact with God, but did not see the true image of God. To our great God, honor and might. The word age stands as we brought it down from the Greek text. How shall we translate such utter simplicity? We can speculate but better ask the Spirit's teaching as in John as in first John two twenty seven. And then there's a few verses of scripture. That we need to look at in 16 there. And I'll go back to my notes again. And we'll look at them. And let me get squared away here with my book work. It's a little different from what I've been used to, so uh, bear with me. We're gonna look at, we're gonna start in the book of John. In the book of John, John eight, and again I'm glad it wasn't eleven because my cat took that away a long time ago. <laughs> okay, in eight twelve. You know we sell them. John eight twelve. Well, I've got another Bible. Today. Maybe I've clear. got another Bible, but I, I'm marking this one all up with these last seven books, so I want to be able to keep the Bible and go back and go. look at it and see the notes that it represented there. I was gonna say I know, guy. Okay, eight twelve of John. That's on page uh, if you got a companion Bible, fifteen thirty seven, and it says uh, this. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. So this is one place where uh, this speaks of what we're dealing with here. And and the scripture. Bears itself out. And it does it all the time. So don't be surprised. So we're going to go to Second Timothy. And let's see. The next one. The Second Timothy 1. And we're going to start at verse 8. You go through verse 11. That's on page 1809. We're going to start at 8. It says, Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner. But be thou partakers of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God, who hath saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began, but is now made manifest, manifest, I'm sorry, by the appearing of our Savior Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and hath brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And Paul says, whereunto I am appointed a preacher, And an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles. Okay, that's the second one. Okay, we're going to go to the book of James. Uh, If I can find it. Is it right after Hebrews No. Yeah. Okay, James 1, 17 and 18. And that's on page 1849 if you have a companion Bible. And it says this. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. And cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. Of his own will begat he us with the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So, he talks about there's no variableness and need a shadow of turning. I can't find anywhere in Scripture where Christ, when he was here on the earth, ever cast a shadow. I find where Peter had cast shadows and people could be healed by the shadow of Peter. But I find where people have touched Christ or been in His presence, but it doesn't ever say that I've ever found where Christ ever cast a shadow. Now, I've had people say, Ceci, you might be wrong with that, but they've never shown me where there was a shadow there. Because with the Godhead, even though He's a man, He still has the attributes of God. He doesn't cast the shadow. There's no... There is no sin found in Him. When He was put in Mary, it was a sterile place. There was no sin there. And when He grew up and when He did the work and He finished the work on the cross, you see, He took the sins of man. He didn't have sin. So he had to take our sins in order to die. Because, you see, uh, sin is what gives us the end. The end of life is death. And that's because of sin. Because we wasn't supposed to ever die. We were supposed to have the means to not ever have to die, but that's not the way it wound up because of the deal with Satan and Adam and Eve in the garden, and the expulsion, and the enmity that got involved in all this, and as we got involved with it because it pitied God to have to do this. To get us involved in it. But yet we are. And have been. And lots of times we don't think about it. And maybe that's one of the attributes. Of the grace of God. Because if we were. Put up to think about it a whole lot. Our brains. that was made out of dust. May not be able to been able to absorb that. I sometimes often wonder about the problems that we have not remembering and stuff that uh, the Alzheimer's and all the other stuff that, that goes along with dementia and things like that. If that, you know, has any account for the things that we go through with sometimes because as we get older it seems like we can't put off some of these things that we could do when we was younger in that situation something to think about turn with me to 1st John 4 we'll go through Peter and then get the book of John 1st John four. No, first John one, I'm sorry. I can't read my own writing. And I wrote it today. First John one, four through seven. And it says And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full. This then is the message which we have heard of Him, and declare unto you that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with Him, and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with the other and the blood of Christ Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Pretty plain, isn't it? Pretty plain. Okay. A couple more. John 2. Just turn over a couple of pages. John 2, 27. Just one verse there. But the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you, and you need not that any man teach you. But as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, And it is no lie, and even as it hath thought you, you shall abide in him. Verse 27 of 1 John 2. There's one more. Chapter 4 of 1 John. We'll look at 12 through 14. And that's on page 1875. And I'm going to read 11 with it. It says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us, and His love is perfect in us. Uh Okay, I'm gonna read through 14. Hereby I know that, know we that we dwell in him and he in us because he has given us of his spirit. So the indwelling Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. has lots of work to do, uh, in our being to keep us working the way that we need to work. And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent His Son to be Savior of the world. Now, I got one. I think I got one. Yeah, I, I want to go turn the page in First John and let's look at verse twenty because uh, Jack put it in here by itself. And I'm going to read 19 with it. It says, We love him because he first loved us. If any, if a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he's a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, how can he love God, who he hath not seen? And so that gives us That gives us the story here of what Jack wanted us to see in that verse of Scripture. And it all deals with the seeing, with the light, and with the love of God that should magnify us to show that we walk in the light of God and that we have His light within us. Verse 17. Let's go back. Let me go back to uh, 1 Timothy 6. And we'll do 17. And so we get now into the charge. And this was the duty... That Paul was giving to Timothy. He's charging Timothy here. So it becomes our charge too. Because as Ronnie had made it quite plain. Uh, you know these things were. Were explained in other places. And certainly. Uh, we have a charge that we need to live by. As a testimony. And our testimony. Is one of the greatest things that we can have. Concerning God in this day and age. Because we have. Understanding that some people don't have. And that. This understanding. Uh. Was going to be carried on here because Paul knows his time is getting close to being gone. And he doesn't have Timothy with him. That's the reason he's writing these letters to him. So he, we, this is 17 through 20 here, uh, in, in these verses. Keep that in mind the next week or so we get, cause we're just about done. But this charge goes on. And It's hurting to still our duty as members of the body of Christ to continue to give testimony to those that don't understand. Mm-hmm. And it says in, in King James, Charge them that are rich in this world. Okay, we're going to do two things here. We're going to talk about people who become rich. Worldly rich. But we need to explain that that worldly rich can also turn to godly riches by using things that God has given us the way that he intended it to be. Charge them that are rich in this world that they may be not high-minded nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Do we understand that? Well, it gets a little harder if you get involved with gathering riches rather than gathering truth. Because the riches of this world Following that alone can get you in problems. It'll take you away from God, and you'll be without the things that really matter in life. Okay, so I'm going to read my notes here. And, again, these are my notes. You, You don't have to agree with them. But it's our duty, I put, to charge them, or to have a testimony, and the testimony needs to be rich in this present aeon or age that they are the people that you deal with, and I deal with that they may not be not high-minded. What does high-minded mean? If you if you go back if you go back to Romans, Paul has already told you what high-minded is, and that's to be arrogant. Elitism. Yeah. You you don't need that. That's something that doesn't need to be in our testimony to others, whether they're rich or poor. You don't need to be arrogant because arrogant doesn't get you doesn't get you much or have no fear because if you don't have any fear of God then uh, you're already you're already in a ditch of arrogance then you know you, you gotta climb out and get in the ruts of grace to go anywhere I'll just put it that way like Falling in a ditch. You, If you get in, in that. You need, to, you need to get out of the ditch. And get up on smooth ground. Okay. Have no fear. Nor trust in uncertain riches. The fleeting wealth. Of this age. But. In the name of God. And I know it reads a little different. It says, But in the living God. But our testimony is in the name of God. We need to do all things in His name. Who giveth us, who provided us richly, richly, the all things. And the all things, you find the all things in most of Paul's writings, especially these last seven epistles. It's not here, but all things are. But the all things is for an overcomer to realize what he is going to get when he becomes a member of the body of Christ in reality. Not where we are now, but where we're going to be. Okay. The all things to enjoy or for our pleasure. Because God gives us our pleasures. And he also gives us some of our problems, too, because we're in this war with him. We're in this fight with Satan. And sometimes that's not a beautiful thing. Amen. But we never need to forget that we are there. And it pitted God to put us there. And that's what that word pi uh, piety means. But piety in the sense that I like to think about it is to be the grown up in the crowd. So if our testimony is that way, if if it's if if we're going to be the grown up in the crowd regardless of the people we're dealing with, then we should be overcomers in that situation. Okay, now there's There's a few things here that we need to look at, too. But let's look at what Jack wrote in 17. And to bring it down from the Koine group to the rich in the now age, charge not to be high-minded, nor to have hope upon riches, Uncertainty, but rather upon God who giveth to us all things richly unto enjoyment. And that's a wonderful statement. And it says, If they are body members who are rich in this now age, They mean they must not let themselves be high minded. The highness is not related to the level of Colossians 3. These could be folks you think too highly of. They could be folks who think too highly of themselves. They may look down upon some lesser folks, yet our treasures are in Christ, not in the filthy lucre of the imaginations of our mind. There is no anchor in uncertain riches. The solid foundation must be in our head, the Lord Jesus Christ. Yep. <clears throat> God gives us all and He gives it to us to enjoy. So there's four or five things that we need to look at here also. And uh, Jack has uh, put them down but they wasn't in order of the way that I like to take my Bible and go because I like to go to the first part and and go toward the last part with them, so, uh, if you're looking how they workman's when linear, you'll have to s- flip around a little bit with me because this is the way I, I, this is how I do it. I go back to the first one, and I go back to loop here, we go back to loop 16. Luke sixteen. Okay, we're gonna look at Luke sixteen twenty five and that is on page fourteen eighty four. If you have a companion Bible. And it was only one verse. It says, But Abraham said, Son. Remember that in thy lifetime receiveth thy good things. And likewise, Lazarus, evil things. But now he is comforted and thou art tormented. And you know, when you go back to Luke 16, you can get into... Things that don't seem like should be there sometimes, but a lot of people, uh, read right on through it and not think about it, but he, but he was talking about Abraham said, son, remember, there's good and there's bad things and, and they, and they change sometimes. They're evil things. Okay. We'll go from Luke the Book of Luke to Romans. And I've gotten to where I really like Romans. But Romans eleven. I'm gonna leave my marker in there because I think there's another place that it deals with Romans eleven. We we'll go look at Romans. 11, we're going to look at 18 through 21. And this is the grafting in, talking about those being grafted into Israel. And it says, boast not against the branches, but if thou boast, thou bearest not the root, but the root thee. Verse 19, Thou will say then, the branches were broken off that I might be grafted in. Well, he says, Because of unbelief they were broken off, and thou standest by faith. faith. Be not high-minded. There's the word again. Be not arrogant, but fear. For if God spared not the natural branches, take heed lest he also spare not thee. Yep. So he says, If I cut some of the Israel out of the fruit tree, and you've been grafted in, we'll be way. careful. Yep. You can be done the same way. Be careful. So that 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 that's a good one too. Okay, let's look at, uh, Romans 12 while we're here. We're gonna look at 16 through 18. Romans 12, that's on the next page, that's on 1687. And we're gonna look, what they that say? Uh, 16 through 18. Okay, it says, be of the same mind one toward another mind not high things but condescend to men of lower states be not wise in your own conceits recompense no man evil for evil provide things honest in the sight of all men and if it be possible as much as life within you live peaceably with all men. Okay. We got we got that in twelve. Okay, we're going from here to Second Corinthians. Oh. Second Corinthians eight. I ain't quite there yet. Okay. Second Corinthians. We're going to go eight through. I mean nine. Second Corinthians, chapter eight, nine through eleven. Nine through eleven. It says, "Now rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance, for ye were made sorry after a godly manner." that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of this world, or of the world, worketh death. So you see, he reminds us again, the sorrow of this world is sin and it worketh it worketh death. We close, right? Yep, nine twenty-five. Okay. We're gonna look at the let's see, that was Second Corinthians. Okay, we're gonna look at Ephesians two. Ephesians chapter two four through eight. Ephesians two four through eight. You find that on page seventeen sixty two. If you got a companion Bible. Four through eight. And I hate to break it down here, but this is a pretty good bit to look at but it says God who is rich in mercy for his great love were with he loved us you see God looks at riches different from the world because he is rich in his mercy he is looking out for us and, and so his mercy Gives us lots of times our riches. He says, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, because by grace you're saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Not When I read this, I just want to go on and on and on because this is something that a lot of people don't have understanding of. That in the ages to come, He might show the exceeding riches of His grace and His kindness because you have mercy in four and kindness in seven toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace you are saved through faith and that of not yourselves. It is the gift of God. Now let's add nine. Not of works lest any man should boast. We don't have a book with our works written in it. But we have the love of Christ in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. That's what we have in surety and in truth. Well, that's not the last one. Let's go on to Philippians four, and we'll be done in a minute. I wanted to get another verse, but I, I probably—I figured that wouldn't work. So. Philippians 4, we're going to look at 4 through 7. It says, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. That's, uh, that's part of Doherty's, uh, theme. If you want to remember that, that's that's a great theme. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication. Oh, don't forget the supplications. Amen. Because supplications is things that only God can do for those people that we're asking for. Because we can't do it ourselves a lot of times. Because of we're not there where they are. Or we're just separated by time and space to where we couldn't do it. But we can certainly ask Him because time and space doesn't matter to Him. Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your requests be made known unto God and the peace of God who passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. One more. I want to go to Hebrews 11. I can find it when I don't need it. When I do need it, I have to look for it. Hebrews 11, let's look at 24 and 25. And And... We'll say we did a a, a pretty good hours worth eighteen thirty eight. Wait a minute! I might wait just a minute, I think I made an error there. It was supposed to be Hebrews ten, twenty-four and 25. This is it. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. What is the day approaching? This is a good question. The day approaching for these Hebrews. The Lord's day. were the Lord's day and that's who he was talking to. Yeah. The, the young ones that come through the 40 year march that your fathers probably were buried by the upheaval of the earth swallowed them up a lot of them and so Paul says you need a teacher and I'm here and so this is what he this is what he told them and so we need not ever to remember because, All this centers on the fact that we need to be a witness and a testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ and to His finished work through the Holy Spirit according to the mysteries of God. Thank you for your time. I hope you... uh, Got something in these couple of verses because it—it it, it certainly is uh, a thing that testifies itself, and I love to look at it because you, you know where else where else can you go and pick up a book that gives you all these truths and understand. That it testifies of itself and it's something that you can't really put away when you get involved in it. So thank you for your love and understanding and be with those in prayer that we ask for prayer and not only that, but saints everywhere in the world as they put forth the word rightly divided. God bless.